Keycard presents Back Issue Bloodbath with your hosts, Andrew Young and Petula Neal. Some treat crime and life like a game. Sometimes the game is life or death. Welcome to Back Issue Bloodbath. I'm your host, Andrew Young, in a very special episode where this week we're talking to comic creators about a new comic out Checkmate Blues. Welcome to the program, Keith Crouchow and Robert Ivanyuk. Thanks for having me. Well, Thank thanks you. for thanks for coming on, guys. So, uh, you guys, let me know about this new book, uh, Checkmate Blues, uh, which uh, you guys put together. Now, before we get into what it's about, this all came about because of a failed pitch five years ago. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I originally pitched the story to uh, one of the more recent volumes of the Toronto Comics Anthology, which for people who don't know is this is slash was this anthology of uh, comics like little one shot stories uh, based in and around uh, Toronto with a bunch of like local creators. Um, So I originally had it planned as a completely different story. Um, but then the story pitch got rejected, but I was, I still felt something was there. Um, so I sat on it for a while thinking to myself, I'll come back to it one day. And then Keith put out a a call on Facebook saying, I'm looking for people to collaborate with who's got a, who's got an idea. So I sort of, you know, pulled that one out of the trunk and I put it in front of him and, um, the original story was completely different. It was about uh, the last two people in Canada to be uh, executed. Um, But then when Keith and I were looking at it, we decided maybe to not focus on the actual like guys because they were, you know, kind of ghoulish in real life. So we were like, "Eh, maybe we don't want to, you know, have like this sort of story, but the idea of a pair of old gangsters, um, playing a game of chess for their souls essentially resonated with the both of us. And we were both like, what if we just take that core element and we just build out from there? And that's how we ended up with the finished product. Right. Right. Now. So when Keith, when you first saw Rob's story, um, like what were the, what, what kind of things went into your mind? Like, were you picturing the visuals of this game of chess? So whenever I have a, collaboration i always think of like what would be fun what would be fun to draw like what are the things that i would really like to to get out of this story visually and uh, you're dealing with gangsters from like the 40s 50s uh so to me i'm thinking it'd be great if we had some kind of like a chase you know like uh gangsters shooting at cops you know we we would have like some kind of um you know just just lots of action the way they move, the way they act. So that that was kind of what I think part of my mindset was in regards to visually how it would play out. But you know, also story wise, I we we you know when you're given certain limitations in regards to what you can do with a project, right? How many pages you you're going to be doing? Uh, is it going to be in color? Is it going to be in black and white? So a lot of that kind of thing dictates how the story kind of is created when it tells me the story is going to be and so you know once once robert robert and i talked figured out what some of those limitations were i think some of the story started to tell itself right right now 
The thing I find interesting is that you like this whole thing is, of course, the idea of playing a game of chess for your soul. It's a great idea, of course. It's 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 a classic idea. Now, the two of you, neither of you were big chess fans, am I correct? I am notoriously bad at board games, even though I love them dearly. And like chess is one of those where I've always like, I've like bashed my head against the wall with it a couple of times. Uh, I know people that are very obsessive with it, but like I never really fell into it. And I remember actually Keith and I had a really fun moment uh, where when we were working on this, he said, why don't you try and like get some photos of a, of a, of a board, like try and try and get some layouts. So, so we could get some ideas as to how the pieces are moving. And I was like, okay, uh, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to do this. So what I ended up doing was I ended up finding like three different chess apps. Okay. And I was just trying to get it to play as Arnie or as Kay, like the two people that were on the board and I remember I had a, a moment where I was like, it was like 11 at night or something. And I was like screaming at my laptop, move the goddamn rook, <laughs> move the rook. You're supposed to move the rook. Like, and it wouldn't. And I was like, and I just took a bunch of screenshots and sent them to Keith and said, we're just going to have to work with this, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I started feeling some of that stress from him because I was just like, because as I'm going through the pages where there's particular chess moves mentioned, I didn't know exactly what the board was supposed to look like. So, you know, I'm, I'm telling him, I'm going, you know, like, we have to make this accurate because there's going to be somebody who, who loves chess that's going, well, that's not, that couldn't happen. Like, there's no way they could, you could move that, you know, the, the knight into the, to that spot or something like that. I don't know anything about chess. I'm a checkers, checkers guy, right? So, nice. you know, I, I was kind of leaning on Robert to, to get me some of those visuals. And I could tell by the end of it, he was just like, he's like, are, are you sure we have to do it this way? Because, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, at the end of it, I figured out creative ways to make it so that you're not actually seeing the chessboard every time. And I think, but, you know, again, knowing the amount of effort we put into this story, you know, yeah. it, just, it, it gives it another dimension, I think. Right. Yeah. And the thing I noticed as well is the incorporation of the chessboard into the past memories as well. Like you see yeah. at one point, there's the city street that kind of has the blocks that are similar to the, the checkers on a chessboard and uh, the, uh, the checkered floor in the diner also has the chessboard feel. You're even moving the characters, even moving a piece onto that floor there. So when it came to the, the intrinsic design of the chessboard into the, the, uh, the past memories, was that something that you were like, was that something in the script, Rob, or was that something Keith, that you're like, Hey, I could put in chess moves into this background shot. That was all Keith. That, like there was there was some little things that I started with where I was like, you know, you got this guy moving this piece and then we could use that as like the indicator for who's talking in the flashback moments. And then when I just sort of handed that to Keith, he just sort of like went wild with it, like his third eye opened and suddenly um, like he took that all these concepts and like an old like imagery and incorporated it. And then he showed me the pages and he would be like, so. What do you think about this? And I was like, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Keith, where did you come up with that idea? 
I don't know. It's that third eyes, as Robert mentioned. I, you know what? I mean, some of it was because I can tell he he was Robert was like getting really frustrated and trying to figure out how how to get those chess pieces correct correctly placed on the board. And I was just like, well, maybe there's some creative ways I can do this so that you know we're not having to actually show those pieces accurately because it's going to be integrated with the the actual. Um, background or whatever is happening in that particular scene uh towards the end of the book when it was coming together some of those ideas just just um, i just felt like i wanted to add other elements of that chess the checkered theme into there that would be easter eggs or kind of subliminal um and that that i hadn't really any clue uh until the very end and some i don't know where that comes from if it's just I've done this for so long that you just kind of trust yourself and, and let it happen. Um, we both, yeah, we both had chess on the brain, but in very different ways. Yeah. Yes. One, one of you was going slightly insane because of it. The other was incorporating uh, artistic style. That's, I'm glad that you made it through this, Rob. That's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but also, I, I know, yeah. There was one thing that, that Robert put in there. Uh, that was really, really clever, and I don't know if it's it's I don't know if I, I did it justice, but it's there's a scene where uh, there's a third character named Mitzi singing, and there, she's basically in a spotlight, and, and Rob's direction was put her shadow as a queen, as a queen, the shape of a queen. Yeah, I see that there. And I when he did that, I was like, oh my god, that is such an amazing idea. Like that just kind of blew me away. And I think that gave me a bit of permission as well to start to be really creative with some of those visuals. So mm -hmm. I, I do want to give some credit in that, in that way. I just, I was just blown away by that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. Seeing this, this actual shadow now that the long shadow with the, with the queen crown uh, shape at the top. That's, that's perfect. That's really good. Also, I noticed that there was uh, the choice of doing this with like colored washes, uh, kind of giving the old timey kind of black and white feel, but with colored washes. And of course you start off with the very warm color during the chess game. The memories are all kind of in a blue wash. And then as we get to the climax of the story, things start to get a tinge of red. Um, was that something that was in the script or was that something that Keith, you just kind of picked up on? That was something that was born out of necessity. We were, when we were talking about how this would look, uh, we weren't going to do this as a full color uh, book. Uh, we were, we were going to at least do this in some kind of uh, like a mon monotone. Uh, so whether it was going to be in all blue, I think that was what I had initially said was we were going to make it like all blue. And then as I was working on it, I realized that there was some room for, for maybe transitioning the colors a bit. Um, and that, again, that comes with just uh, seeing what it looks like and, and then trying it out. And, and if it's working, then, then to continue in that process. So, um, yeah, for me, I wanted to be able to choreograph emotionally the mood of you know, to, to kind of go along with, with the, the narrative that, that Robert was spinning, right? So that's what I was trying to, to, to get that feel as we're starting off kind of sunny 
flashing back to, to you know, bluish memories. And then as the story progresses, it's getting darker and that red really starts to come out to evoke like just how, how um, dark things are getting. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, noir doesn't do very well when it's like technicolor. Um, so definitely having that sort of that monochrome aspect and like all the and you know the 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 washed out feel um, really made it like I think it was a good decision for us to to make that because then it really felt more like you know like an old adaptation of the Glass Key or the Long Goodbye or something. Yeah, yeah, those old crime movies where they leave the silver nitrate in the film, so it has that kind of blue wash to it as well. That's it's very cool now. When it comes to, uh, you know, the gangsters and the, 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 the mobsters, the, the Roaring Twenties type feel, how much research did you do into that era? We, I mean, I, I did a little bit when I was, um, you know, because when I originally was writing the story, I was thinking about, um, the, you know, the two uh, culprits. But then uh, I, you know, I did a bit of like, I didn't want to go whole hog. Like I didn't want to buy a bunch of like old books on, you know, post great depression, you know, North America and stuff just for a, a 12 page story. Um, but uh, I've always been kind of fascinated with, I guess that sort of post-World War One, post-World War Two North America. Um, you know, so like some stuff I picked up from history classes, but there was also, I do have, you know, stacks of crime fiction sort of on my own shelves, like especially stuff that was written like in that era, like, you know, uh, old Dashiell Hammett, um, uh, Dean Cain, uh, Raymond Chandler stuff. Um, so I, you know, read from that um, mainly, but as far as like history goes, like, I mean, there were some things I picked up here and there, but uh, I didn't go wild with like, research when i was developing it it kind of just flowed out from just what i had sort of absorbed over you know over three decades of being in this world yeah it helps when you it helps when you're a fan of the stuff that it kind of just becomes second nature very much so uh yeah. keith, keith what about yourself did you do uh, a lot of research on the look and feel of the time i've, I've actually drawn stories in this uh, era before so i was familiar with a lot of the clothing and, you know, and and I'm a huge Alfred Hitchcock fan, right? So I like the you know some of the just the the, the pacing, the way you would visually pace something. I'm a huge you know fan of, of movies from the 40s, um, you know, whether any any really anything from the 40s, I just really dig. So um, for me, that was probably just referencing from my own imagination. Um, and then uh, there, Fargo, um, the most recent season, I think, took place in the 50s with a bunch of gangsters, too. So that was, I'd been watching that. So there's things, there's just, you just pick stuff up. Uh, I didn't do any particular reading research in this, um, as, as Robert says, a 12-page story. Um, but, I, you know, whenever I'm, I'm referencing, I, I usually try, my process is uh, I try to imagine it first see how it looks and then I'll, I'll maybe check it to see to make sure it's accurate um so like in regards to some of the backgrounds i did use some of the toronto uh, from like the 40s and 50s um i tried to get some of that accurately in there um although we're not saying it's from toronto but i just figured it's a it's a cool little 
because it, it started as a story for the Toronto Comics anthology. So I kind of figured it'd be cool to, to place it there. Um, that's about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, now, Rob, uh, yeah. the interesting choice that I liked here is that while it is kind of evident that it is death kind of controlling the scene in this story, death doesn't reveal themselves right away. Yeah. Death is death is a slow rollout here. What was the what was the choice behind that? I think the choice behind that was that if the Grim Reaper just showed up and said, um, "Hey, I'm Death. Uh, here's a board. Duke it out," um, then I don't. I think it wouldn't have been as interesting a story to tell. I think like the way I sort of laid it out was that. Like, you know, as the Reaper reveals, because like part of the game as well is these two piecing together who they were um, before and him watching them put it all together, right? Mm. Um, And then that way, it's like, I I, I think my rationale was that I didn't want to, you know, give up the ghost that this was the guy. Uh, that this was like the Grim Reaper, but like my my rationale was also that he wanted to see what memories they would pull from, right? right. Like when they're when they're putting together everything, it's like, what are you going to remember? What's holding? What is like tethering you to the mortal world? What's important to the both of you, right? Right. And um, without giving away the ending, like you know, Kay and Arnie have very different answers. Right. You know, one is love and one is duty. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, you know, it, it's nice because you slowly roll it out. But by the end of the story, there's an evident protagonist and antagonist. But at the beginning of the story, it's anybody's game sort of thing. You're like, you're not sure which character you should be rooting for, which character is somebody that you can end up like find some likability or affinity with. It was a really nice rollout. Definitely with this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, the two locked in a game for their own souls. As I said, classic concept, fantastic concept. You guys yourselves, if you were put in this situation where you had to play for your souls. Now, we both, we've established earlier, neither one of you big chess fans. So is there a particular game in your life that you're like, if it was this, I could save my soul? Oh, man. Um, Maybe (laughs) D&D. Yeah, maybe Love Letter, which is like a card game. Okay. Yeah. Well, I will say with the D&D comment, Keith, that means you could really prolong the the amount of time. (laughs) You're like, even if I'm going to lose, I'll be able to hang on to life for a bit longer here. We just need to keep this campaign going, eh? Never-ending campaign, you know, anything can happen. There you go, there you go. Which edition? (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's a good point which edition keith uh i, I haven't played D since like the uh it was advanced D in the late 80s early 90s so there we go there we go so you'd be a little rusty but you think you could still probably Amen. squeak out a win get your I hope, hope it gets me yeah. good, uh numbers and you know but here's the thing it's it's the destination right so right journey i should say it's the journey so it's it's just creating the character and, and uh, you know, whatever happens, happens. 
Oh, there you go. That's, well, you know what? That's a good way to uh, look at life, you know, that it's like, you know, you, you do your best and whatever happens, happens sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, man. So, of course, you guys uh, have uh, put this book together. It's uh, it's out now. You guys are selling it at conventions and signings. Do you have any upcoming appearances that you could plug on the show here? Yeah. So I'm going to be at Gotham Central in Mississauga. They have their uh, annual, well, hasn't been for a couple of years, I believe, but uh, normally annual uh, Halloween Indie Fest. Uh, so I'll be tabling with a bunch of amazing creators uh, from, I think it's from 10 to 5. I, I could be wrong. I, don't quote me on those exact hours, but, uh, uh, but it's this Saturday. Okay, cool, cool. Now, I should say this Saturday. So it's going to be uh, past... Uh, when this is released right 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 but uh but is there an easy way to for uh listeners to track you guys down online to find out where you guys are going to be next uh yeah um i think keith you've got an instagram right yeah i mean i i usually post um on facebook and instagram shows i'm doing um i i'll put a calendar out so people can see it's possible i've got a couple more shows this year but i'm just waiting on confirmation as robert said he's looking into some book signings in toronto so it's possible something will, will pop up between now and the end of the year okay yeah. keith what's your what's your instagram handle just my name it's keith gratchow keith gratchow okay very good stuff well guys i gotta say this book is like a a fun read as you said it's a quick read uh and you know it just kind of Rolls out there, great characterizations. You really, you know, get attached to this story pretty quickly. And the artwork, of course, supports it fantastically. This is a really nice piece of work. I hope a lot of people get to check it out. I'm a sucker for, for gangster stories. So, uh, and also for morality tales. So it's, it's a lot of fun for people that like both of those things. Um, I want to thank you guys both for coming on the show and, uh, is there anything else that you guys like to plug in the meantime? You want to go first, Keith? Well, I mean, I've, I've got uh, actually a few other books out. Uh, I have another book uh, called Strange Case. Uh, it's being uh, published by Scout. Um, and then I've got a, a, an ongoing comic book called Saltwater with Kikamuka Comics. Um, so those, those are the new books I've got. And then I'm, I'm next year... I'll hopefully have um, a couple more books to talk about. So there's always, always something coming out for me. Yeah. For me, uh, I have a bunch of, uh, I, I self-published a novel during the pandemic, um, a little cyberpunk dystopian romance called Olivia at Zero um, that I'm also trying to sort of get out there. Uh, I also have a couple of like comics that I self-published and um, co-produced with uh, John Berg that are both a little more Tales from the Crypt-esque, I would say. Um, and you can find, you know, digital copies of that and uh, digital copies of uh, Checkmate Blues at my Kofi page of uh, Robert is Lost in the Wires. Uh, I have a very minimal online presence. Okay. Uh, so I basically just do a lot of promoting like on there and that's the main turnpike for my stuff. So if anyone wants to drop me a donation, grab a couple PDFs, say something nice, that's where I am. 
There we go. Perfect. Well, you know, that's good. That's your one-stop shop for Rob. You can find him there, which is fantastic. Well, I want to thank you guys both again. I just want to say to our listeners, of course, if you want to get in touch with me, you can, of course, uh, on Twitter, at GeekHard. You can follow this show and all the other things I do at GeekHardShow.com. You can follow this very show on Facebook at Back Issue Bloodbath, where we post a new episode every week. And, of course, the easiest way to make sure you don't miss an episode is to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice. And, you know, once you've done that, contemplate your life. Try to figure out if you're doing what you should be doing, you know. Stay on the right side of life. Treat people right. And the best way to treat them right is to let them know about the show, Back Issue Bloodbath. So tell everybody you know to listen to Back Issue Bloodbath. This is Back Issue Bloodbath. I've been Andrew Young. Have yourself a good.